Well, we are so blessed and honored this morning to have Jono and Steph with us. And, and truly, when you hear their story, where they moved to another country where they don't know the language and the intricacies of the culture, and they just step into that out of just faithfulness to God and carve something out and build such an incredible church. And uh, literally, their kids start to go to a, a, a school where everyone else is speak, speaking a different language. That's when it gets real, where that's real sacrifice, real commitment. And I just wanted to honor John and Steph today for your sacrifice, all that you've sowed into the beautiful nation of Japan and also into this house. And uh, when you come back, I said to John earlier, whenever you come back to Australia, you're here because it's your second home. And uh, this is always a home for you and you are always family. And we just want to honor you today as, as you bring the word and you, Steph, for all that you've sowed for so many years. And uh, we're just so excited for your future and what's ahead. But would you give them a huge hand as Jonah comes to bring the word this morning. We love you guys. Hey, everyone, you can be seated. Thanks so much. Uh, it's so great to be here and uh, feel very honoured and privileged uh, to be asked to share and uh, we're going to share a few thoughts, well not really thoughts, a few scriptures from the Bible together in a few moments and uh, pray that your heart will be open to hear what God wants to say to you today. Uh, but first I just want to bring uh, some greetings on behalf of uh, our senior pastors, Pastor Rod and Viv Plummer from Tokyo, Japan and lead senior pastors of all of Lifehouse Churches. Uh, they send a huge welcome, and uh, Pastor Rod remembers and knows that uh, it was this church that was one of the very few churches that helped Lifehouse as a whole movement start almost 20 years ago, if you can believe that. Uh, I think 18 years ago, Tokyo Lifehouse started, and uh, now we have almost 20, or I think we have 21 campuses uh, across Asia, and uh, the only one that's not is in Honolulu. Uh, because who doesn't want to go to church in Honolulu, right? Uh, no, we reach a lot of Japanese people that study in Honolulu and then they come back to our churches all over Japan. And uh, on behalf of Rod and Viv, uh, our senior pastors, they send their love and thanks to City Church um, and all the other names that wasn't a part, all the names of the City Church people uh, in the past and the present that are supporting and have loved and really helped Lifehouse start. So thank you on behalf of Lifehouse, our movement in Japan, and on behalf of our senior pastors, Rod and Viv, to all of you, because really it was this church and two others that helped Lifehouse start. Uh, everyone said they wanted to help, but only three churches did, and uh, you, this church was one of them. And uh, Pastor Rod and Viv haven't forgotten that, and uh, they're very grateful and thankful uh, to everyone here uh, for that. So on behalf of them, thank you so much. And also just to Ben and Amy, I just wanted to say thank you so much for releasing a team recently, but more than just for letting people come, just for being uh, great friends to us. Uh, me and Ben talk very frequently on the phone uh, and we encourage each other, I know. Uh, probably you've encouraged me more uh, and I just make dumb jokes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a great friendship and I just wanted to honour that, not just on like a pastoral ministry whatever level on a friendship level I just want to say thank you mate I appreciate it and uh, just also a lot of my family are here today and I'm just very grateful for that and um, it's good and uh, I, I really want to encourage you just before we jump into the message if you're 
here today and you're thinking, what have I done coming here? I just want to let you know you made a good choice in coming to church today, uh, whether it's your first time in a long time or whether it's your first time ever. If it's your first time ever, just relax and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, okay? Just do whatever you want to do. If you're new to church, don't feel like you have to do anything. Just relax and enjoy. Uh, but if you're here and you're thinking, what decision have I made being in this room and Am I in the right place? I just believe that you are in Jesus' name and that uh, you made a good choice by coming to church today. And as we look at the Bible right now, I'm believing that God is going to speak to each and every one of us as we open our heart, that God would speak to us through the word, that it wouldn't be my words, but it would be God's word that impacts your heart. And I pray that God would say whatever he needs to say to you today. So can we just pray together? I know Ben did pray for the word, but do you mind if we just pray one more time? You don't have to stand up because you already sat down and that's, no one likes that in church, the up and down, just so you know. Anyway, let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, that you're here right now and we thank you for your word, God, the Bible, that it has the power to change our life in an instant. Lord, that as we look at some verses from the Bible together right now, Lord, I pray that your word would encourage us, that it would, inc- it would empower us, that it would um, bring our focus onto the things of God and to the things that you have said over our life. Lord, I pray that as we share from the Bible right now, Lord, that you would speak to each person that's here in and speak to them what they need to hear, God. And I just pray, uh, Lord, that your word has the power to do that. And I'm asking, God, that you would just move in power today in this service and that um, whatever I say is secondary to what you want to say to people's hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, today, uh, I've titled this message, Sow the Seed, See the Harvest. Uh, and so we're more and more and more, we're not really farming people anymore. Uh, where I live in Japan, n- no one is a farmer. Uh, and most people that I know have never seen, like not even like a farm animal, like a sheep or a, you know, people in our church, they're like, have you ever seen a sheep? No, never seen a real sheep. Ever seen a field of something other than rice? No. And uh, it's, it's just that they've never really, they're not really, we're not agricultural people as a society anymore because we have Woolworths and we have Coles and we have, you know, online deliveries. You don't even have to go to the supermarket and uh, let alone go to a farm these days to get food, right? Uh, but really in Jesus' day, they were agricultural people and any good farmer will tell you that when they sow the seed, they don't see the small seed, they see the big harvest, right? If you, if you ever planted a seed or done something maybe with your kids where you plant a seed and you put it in the ground and as, as a parent and as someone who's lived life, you know that something's going to come out of the ground and you wait for that day for whatever it is that you've planted to pop up and grow, but the kids don't always get that. Kids are impatient. If you don't know, they are, and um, especially my children. And so we, you plant the seed and then they want they want the plant the next morning when they wake up. You know what I mean? They plant the seed in the ground, you put some water on it, and they wake up the next morning. Because we're not agricultural people, they say, where's the, where's the tree? Or where's the flower? Or where's this? Or whatever it is you've planted, right? But the truth is, is that you have to see with eyes of faith the harvest that you will receive when you sow the seeds. Any good farmer, you know, doesn't sow seed thinking about the seed. They think about the harvest. They think about what it's going to look like six or eight months or however long it is for whatever it is they're growing to come out of the ground and sprout and grow 
and in turn produce a harvest that is going to feed multitudes of people and also provide for their family, right? So any good farmer doesn't look at the seed, they see the harvest. They put the seed in the ground and they don't see the small seed, they see what's going to be at the other end in the next season. And uh, I believe that it's kind of true for our Christian walk as well, is that um, if you don't if you don't see with eyes of faith or see with vision, things get very small very quick. Because seeds are small, right? They're very small. But the harvest is here, and the seeds that we sow will produce a harvest if we do things God's way. And I just want to read to you a verse from Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, Jesus speaking a parable Uh, which is like a story that helps us understand the kingdom of heaven. And this is what Jesus said. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. So the mustard seed is a picture of God's kingdom, but the seed is the smallest of seeds, but the, what the end result is the biggest of garden plants, to the point that other things find a home in the mustard tree or whatever, the tree that comes. It says that birds come and live in the branches. That's the result of the smallest of seeds becomes the biggest of trees that, or, that provide a place for other people to find shelter. That is a picture of the Christian life. That all of us at some point start as a small seed. When you get saved, when you start to know Jesus, when you start to follow Jesus and discover God's great plan for your life, which if you haven't done that, you have an opportunity before we go home to know Jesus for yourself today uh, and and go out and start to discover God's plan for your life. Uh, But all of us start as the small mustard seed and the goal in the kingdom of heaven is not that you would just be big, is that you would be big for others. It's true. The goal of the Christian life is not just to be blessed. It's to be blessed for others. It's to be a place for others. That's what what this verse is all about. It says that things start small and they end big, but they don't end big for you. They end big for someone else. It's not just about blessing for me. The Christian life is not a bless me club. Bless me, God. Bless me. Bless me. God's already blessed you. (laughs) Too hard, sorry. God has blessed us all. God has blessed me and he's blessed all of us and God wants us to use what he has blessed us with not for ourselves but for others. That's why we went to Japan. It wasn't because it was our only choice. It wasn't because we were sick of Australia or we were tired of the Blue Mountains. I was reminded how beautiful the mountains is when we came back this trip especially. I just... I was like, whoa, this place is amazing. Like, I never, I took it for granted my whole life. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, it's, anyway, you know, you live here. (laughs) But I was just so blown away. But I didn't move to Japan because I, well, me and Stephanie as a family, we didn't move to Japan because we were bored, because we were tired, because we were over it, because we had no other choice, because we were sick of our families, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it, It had nothing to do with any of those things. It had to do with this parable right here that when you're big God wants to use you to bless someone else when you grow in the things of God and if you don't bless someone else you'll become small again 
that's, that's a scary thought, I know, but it's true that, that God doesn't give us things for us. He gives it for us and others. Uh, and I want to speak to you today just for a few short minutes about sowing the seed, but seeing the harvest. So sowing, sowing the small things, but believing and seeing with faith the big things that God has down the road for each and every one of our lives. And I hope that today that God would speak to you in some way and uh, over my rambling and bad jokes and all those kinds of things. Um, but I just want to speak to you a few. I've got three points, uh, and so it's not going to go for long. If, you, if you're thinking, how long is it going to go for? Not long. Uh, I'm used to doing this with a translator. I know I've said this before, but it's, it's, this is actually so weird for me. Being by myself on a stage is very, very, very weird. Like, uh, I'm used to speaking with a translator. I'm used to more than one language happening at the same time. It's... It's, and the silence is like scaring me, just to be honest. It's so quiet in here. <sighs> so, taking that teaching of Jesus about the kingdom of heaven and the mustard seed that starts small but ends big and becomes a home for, some, for others, I just want to share with you three quick points today that I hope that you can be able to grab and apply in your life, the Bible and God's word throughout the week and into this next season of your life. But the first thing I want to say about sowing the seed and seeing the harvest is the first thing you need to do is sow what you have. You have to sow what God's given you right now. It's not about wishing that God would give me something to sow. God has given us all something to sow right now. God God has placed something in your hand. God has given you seed to sow. And the first step of stepping into anything great for God is to do what God is asking you to do today. The first step to doing anything great for God in the future is do everything God's asking you to do today. Because if you don't do what God asks you to do today, guess what? God's going to ask you to do it tomorrow. And then if you don't do it tomorrow, God's going to ask you the next day. He's going to ask you to do the thing. And when you do that thing, God's going to move you on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Uh, But God doesn't forget. Sometimes as a parent, I forget what I've said and my children manipulate me. They twist it and, you know, yeah. I don't know where they get it from. I really don't. Probably Stephanie. It's a joint effort. <laughs> but it's, it says here, it says to sow what you have. And I just want to read to you from Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. It says this, this is Jesus speaking again, also what the kingdom of heaven is like. It says, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible that it reminds me that even if I'm sleeping, God's working. Uh, that's what this verse reminds me of, that, that as I sow the thing that God's asked me to sow, whether I'm sleeping or whether I think nothing's happening, God's always working. That's what this verse teaches us. It, I have to look at it here. It says, that, um, it says that night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed keeps working. The seed keeps growing. Even if you sleep, even if you 
do something else, even if you go away and come back, the seed is always working, but it has to be sown for it to work. Seeds don't work if they're not sown. Have you noticed that? You can, have a, you can have a garden shed full of seeds, uh, but if you don't plant it, nothing's going to happen. It's once the seed is planted, that's when the work begins. That's when God starts to work, is when we partner with God in His plan and we sow what God's given us to sow, things start to happen. And even if you can't see it, it's happening. It's true. I, b- I believe that today there's people that are here and you've, You've tried and you think nothing's happening, but I just want to say to you today that it's happening. The thing that God's put in your heart that you think that you've, you've been diligent with it, you've tried your best, and it looks like nothing's happening. I believe that today, in Jesus' name, that God is saying to you that the seed is moving, even though you can't see it, and that God is moving in your life, even if you don't feel it. Feelings are so changey. They move all the time. You know, you can have an encounter with God and not feel a thing. I think that's true. But you have to sow what you have. And part of that is learning to not wish you had what others had. The number one thing that stops people from sowing the thing that God's given them is they wish that God had given them something else. Why can't I look like that family? Why can't my kids look like those kids? Why can't my kids behave like those kids? Why can't can't my husband be like that guy's husband? Why can't this and that? All these things and we want to, we'd stop sowing what we have because we're looking at everyone else. That's, that's the danger of social media, is that you look at social media and instead of being encouraged by God blessing everyone else's life, you feel discouraged because you don't have all those other things. Too, too much? Okay, sorry. Touch that golden cow of our society, social media. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. People will stop listening to you in church if you start talking about social media. But I think that it's true. I think that you can, if you look at social media and it makes you feel bad, you should delete it. Not forever, just till you feel better, just till you focus on the things of God and realize how much God's given you. Then pull it back out again and if it makes you feel bad again, just put it away. Seriously. You know you don't have to look at it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> but if you're looking at what everyone else has and what everyone else is doing and what everyone else is why, why can't I have, be like that? Why can't I have like this? Why can't I have that? Why can't, you know, why don't I have this? And why don't I have that? All these different things, you're missing out on what God's put into your hand. That's, that's the number one thing I've learned is that people are like, well, I don't have anything and, or I don't have as much as them. But God has, if you're a Christian, God has given you something to sow. And if you're comparing yourself to everyone else, you're going to miss what God's put right in front of you. Because we all have our own calling. Each, if you're a Christian, God has a, God has a plan for your life that he wants you to live out. And that plan is different to everyone else's plan because everyone is an individual. Everyone is unique. Everyone is special to God. It's true. 
I live in, like, I live in Japan, right? You guys know because they did all the video stuff and it's kind of wish you did that on another Sunday when I wasn't here. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> we live in Japan and you can, you can go there and you can see, you can literally, if you go to Tokyo, you can literally see millions of people in one day. Not, not exaggeration, literally. If you stand at that crossing they showed of everyone crossing, stand there for an hour, you'll see a million people go by. Literally. You'll see one million people go by and every single one of them matters to God. Every single one of them, God has a plan for their life. Every single one. But if you're comparing yourself to everyone else, you'll miss what God's put in your hand right now. And when you sow what God's given you, and when you realise what you're called to do, what, what everyone else is doing doesn't not matter. It just helps you focus on doing what God wants you to do. And, you know, planning a church uh, wasn't, isn't easy. Uh, it was really hard. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you plant it, it's hard. If you ever plant a church, please be called, okay? Because if you're not, it's, you won't make it. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you, but, but it is, the, tr- the truth is, is that we all have challenge. And what keeps you through the challenges of life is not the situation or the circumstance or what's going on. It's the calling. Yeah. The calling is what keeps you. And God gives you the seeds to help you fulfill your calling. That's, that's what this, this is saying. And, when, and God works when you sleep. But if you're always wishing you had what everyone else had, you're missing out on what God's put in your hand right now. So, the, so you need to sow what you have. Even if it's not much, just sow that. Just start with that. Even if it's just smiling at work, maybe that's what God's given you to sow. Maybe tomorrow when you go to work, you should smile instead of bag out the boss or I don't know, whatever it is we all do all the time, right? Maybe tomorrow God wants you to smile or maybe God wants you to say something encouraging to someone or maybe God puts something on your heart for you to say to someone at work that's, that's not weird or crazy but it's just encouraging and it's building and it's, it's good. Maybe that's where you should start. Maybe start there and sow that seed and see what God does and see what that seed does and see what that little small seed could turn into in your workplace or in your home life or in your wherever it is in your school or university, wherever you find yourself during the week, that if you sow what God's given you, God's going to do something with that. The second thing is you have to see with eyes of faith. See see things with eyes of faith. You know, this is true for us as we planted a church because me and Stephanie planted the church with us two and four others, six. Six people started our church in a Starbucks uh, one Sunday. We sat in the smoking section because we couldn't get a seat anywhere else. It really wasn't the best start because it was just... <laughs> anyway, we, we sat there and we, we had our very first church service and um, if you don't see things with the eyes of faith, that could be very discouraging. Six, six seems very discouraging and, and to have multiple weeks where no one comes to church... If you're not seeing things with the eyes of faith, that's very discouraging. That can get that can get you quitting real quick. Trust me, I thought about it. I thought, oh man, it's so much easier in Australia. I'm not staying here. <laughs> Seriously, because there's no one's coming. And but if you if you if you lose sight of the faith and you don't see with eyes of faith, and you look at what's happening right in front of you, things get like I said before, things get very small very quick. 
life gets very small very quick when you lose the sight of the vision or the thing in the future. So in Isaiah 43 verse 19, it says this. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. You know, some you might be here today and you might feel like you're in the wilderness or you might feel like you're in some sort of wasteland or desert area, not, not necessarily physically because you're here right now and that's not the situation, but in your heart today, maybe you're here and it feels like the wilderness or it feels like some sort of dry wasteland and the word of the Lord is, is that God is doing something new and he's making a way if you feel like you're in the wilderness today and he's making a stream in the wasteland in your heart today. And, uh, but if you need eyes of faith to see it, you need eyes of faith to see, see I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? That's what God says. Can't you see it? It's not about do you know, it's about where's your faith? <laughs> do you have faith for something to change, for God to do something new in your life? Let me show you, the story of Noah is best, illustra- best illustrates the point I'm trying to make today. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, we all know the story of Noah, right? We're not in Japan where no one knows and I have to explain the whole story of what happens. Because in, in Japan, you say, everyone, you know Noah, right? And they go, nah. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Some guy in the Bible. So Noah, but God warned him of things that had never happened before. He warned him of a flood. He warned him of rain. The only thing was it had never rained before. Up until that time, it had never rained. The Bible says that water came up through the ground and it watered the land and stuff. It had never fallen from the sky before. So Noah, Noah was warned of things that had never happened. God showed him things that had never happened, that were going to happen. And Noah built a boat, massive boat, right? We all know the story. It's this big, it's that big. It's had all the animals on it. It's, they're probably talking about it in kids' church right now, you know. Animals on the boat, you know, all that stuff. And, um, but, but Noah had to build it. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a one-day job. It wasn't a Saturday Arvo DIY. You know, it, it didn't take one afternoon or, you know, it took months and months and months and months and months. And the key that you need to understand about Noah is it, it wasn't circumstance that motivated Noah, it was vision. The same needs to be true for us. If you want to see with eyes of faith, you need to be driven by vision, not circumstance. Because circumstances change, God's plan doesn't. It's true. It's true. If this is the only thing you remember, please remember this. Circumstances will change. Life is not fair. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? I've noticed. I've noticed. This is not fair. But God's plan finds a way. God God says, I'm doing a new thing. And what's wasteland for you is fertile ground for me. That's what God says. What you think is over, God thinks I'm just getting started. What you think is a dead end, God is saying, I'll turn it into a highway for your life. That's what it says. 
Because God doesn't make us better, God makes us new. Right? Christianity is not about being better, it's about being brand new. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to make you better. He came to make you brand new. Noah had never seen rain. He saw with faith, like I said, the vision, not the circumstance, motivated him. The vision has to motivate you. The problem I see in Japan, and I think probably fair to say across most of the world in this generation, is it's not, it's not that they're bad, it's just that they don't have a vision. <laughs> that if they could get to God and discover a vision and a plan for their life, not their vision, God's vision for their life, they would be able to remain motivated through the seasons of life that come at us. Because we will all face it. We all have, we all have hard times. Not just you. All of us do. All of us go through hard things. I'm not belittling your hard time. I'm not belittling anyone's hard time. I'm just saying it happens. But if you keep the vision, you'll keep the motivation. So you have to sow what you have. You have to see with eyes of faith. And the third thing, the last thing I want to say is that really, to be honest, especially in the world we're living in, the harvest is now. In our church, we don't pray for God to move because we already can see him moving. In, in our church, we don't, I, if people say, can we pray for God to move? I'm like, I don't need to. He's already moving. Okay, there's seven people got saved last week. He's already moving. Don't need to pray for it. He's on the move. He's doing stuff. He's doing all these different things. He's working in all these people's lives. And even in the video, there was a photo of the, there was a video of the lady with the baby, uh, Cecilia and her little boy. That boy is a total miracle, born way too early, I can't remember how, born at 26 weeks in, in, the, in the, thank you so much, yes, in the ICU thing that they are in, and mum was in church every Sunday while their kid was still in the hospital. Every Sunday she'd come to church, I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I'm glad you're here, but what are you doing here? Your baby's in the hospital. She's like, it's okay, need to be here. And that baby is like a total miracle. God is moving. I, don't, I, I've, I used to pray for God to move. I stopped because I realized he already is. Yeah. I don't need to pray for God to move. He's already moving. And all I, all I need to do is pray that I would get on board with what God's already doing. Yeah. But the harvest is here. And now, you know, Japan is what they, they say. Every Christian represents anyone who believes in Jesus, Catholic, all those things. All that together, Japan is 1% Christian. It's one of the most unreached people groups on the planet, more than other parts of the world that are more predominantly pushed in front of us is important. But Japan is 1% Christian. They have everything that, that they want. They have everything that they would ever need or want to have, except they walk around with no purpose, no vision. And most of them, even though there's 130 million, no friends. Unbelievable, hey? Unbelievable that you can stand at that crossing and watch millions of people cross and some of those people have no interaction with other people. Like they interact as they walk across the street but there's no, no connection or relationship at all. It's, it's, in, it's kind of mind-blowing to be honest and you know, 1% Christian means that we have a big harvest field. That's how I view it. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not in a, I'm not down in the dumps about that. I'm like 1% Christian... 
that means 99% uh, is fair game. <laughs> so uh, it's in, in some ways, I, I like to tell my guys in my team that reaching people is not hard, it's easy. It's not hard because there's only 1%. It's easy because there's 99% that don't know. And the way, that we, the way that we reach people is through relationship. That's, that's how you do it. That's how Jesus did it. It's through relationship. It's through connection. It's through honesty and openness and a genuine heart of there's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. Always. My mother-in-law taught me that. There's always room for one more. Always. In every situation, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, there's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. And that's the heart of God. There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. In our church, there's always room for one more. Even if there's not, there's always room. We only have 90 seats in our auditorium and we have over 100 in our service every Sunday morning. And so some people sit on the ground and some people sit on these side benches that we have, but there's always room for one more. There'll always be room for one more. There's always room for another service as well, which we'll figure out when I get back about when we, what we do about that. But there's always room for more. There's room for more. And, uh, but the harvest is now. And uh, I really want to encourage you in the last few minutes that I have left is to see the harvest. Don't see the problem. Don't see the circumstance. See the harvest. Don't see the opposition. See the circumstance. See the harvest, sorry. Don't see the opposition. See the harvest. Don't get caught up in the wrong argument. That's my encouragement to you today. Don't get caught up in the wrong things. Be about the right things, which is people and people knowing Jesus. Don't get caught up arguing. That's pretty strong, I know, but... So, so much of, no, I won't say it. The harvest is now, but you've got you to see it. You've got to look for it. It's at, it's at your work. If you're, not, if, you, if you're married to someone who's not a believer, the harvest is not out there. It's in your home. Don't look at all the challenges. Look at the opportunities. Look at the vision. Look at the reason. Look at the purpose that God's put in your life. John 4, verse 35 to 38 says this, Jesus once again, funny how most of these things are about Jesus. He's a pretty good guy. (laughs) That's a lame pastor joke. (laughs) It says this, don't you have a saying it's still four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. That's the kingdom of God as well, is that one, the harvest is here. Two, one sows and another reaps. And three, God will send you to reap what you haven't worked for. That's what I'm doing. In, that's what me and Stephanie and our team are doing in Japan. We're reaping where we haven't sown so much yet. We've sown a bit, but there's people that 
Japan has a long history and a long Christian history, which I don't have time to talk to you about today, but it has a long Christian history that's been moved around. You can Google it later, have a look. Especially where I live in Kyushu, that island has a very rich Christian history. And what I believe that we're doing is we're reaping what others have sown in Japan. Even though it's 1%, we're reaping what others have sown. And maybe you're here today and you're new to City Church, but you're reaping, you will reap what others have sown. It's the second Sunday of November, right? If you've been in our church long enough, you know that that means it's an anniversary. <laughs> and, one, and some of you here have sown, and others of you here haven't, and you'll reap, but it's all good. It's all good. It's not about keeping score. It's not about this and that. It's not about generations. It's about God's kingdom. Others have done the hard work, but you'll have reaped and you'll, bene- you'll, sorry, you'll reap the benefits of their labor. And one day in the future, someone will come along and they'll reap what you've sown. Until Jesus comes back, that's what's going to happen. That's why you have to sow the seed to see the harvest. Because it will go, it'll go, it doesn't go till you die, it goes till Jesus comes back. Even after you're gone, you have to see the harvest which is beyond your life. You have to look beyond you. Because you know everyone dies, right? Death is the ultimate statistic. One in one people die. Everybody dies. It's scary to think about. I hate thinking about it because I'm so young. And, um, you know, so, and in my church, I've been trying to teach them that, you know, one day you don't live forever you know like try telling that to a millennial you don't live forever (laughs) you're not going to live forever and the other thing that we need to understand as well as I wrap up today is that this is something that we need to talk more about I believe in the church is that Jesus Christ is coming back Jesus is coming back he's been and gone and he's coming back and he's coming back for his church that's what he's coming back for he's not coming back for organizations that do nice things he's coming back for the church he's coming back for the church of Jesus Christ and Jesus is coming back and that the harvest of our lives goes beyond our lives it's going to I truly believe that the, the things that I'm sowing in Japan it, it might not even happen in my lifetime what I feel like God's shown me and what I've seen but I, I believe that it's going to happen because I, I believe that even if I'm not there God's going to continue the work I think that's what's happening here God's continuing the work. God's continuing the work. God's con- God will continue the work. Keeps going. It doesn't stop. God's plan doesn't you know, finish. The harvest is now. That's what I wanted to say today. I want to encourage you that God's put something in your hand and it might feel small. It might look small. It might feel insignificant to what you've done for God in the past. But today, you need to look at what God's put in your hand. And this week, this month, this season of your life, you need to start to sow the thing that God's given you and watch what God does. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen the next day. But trust that as you sleep, that as you work, that as you water, God is working in your life, in your family's life, in your workplace, in your school, in wherever it is you go to, that what you think is small, God can make big. That what you think doesn't matter, it matters to God. And I hope that encouraged you today in some way. I hope that as you go out today that you can look at what God's given to you and that you can sow it and believe for a miracle in Jesus' name. I truly believe it.
truly believe it. Don't, don't look at everyone else. Don't worry about everyone else. Care about them, but don't worry about it. It's <laughs> a big difference. And so what God's giving, let's make sure I've said everything I wanted to say. God is always sowing and always reaping all at the same time. That's all. We're finished. We're going to pray. If you, like, if you feel comfortable, if you want to, if you can, if you can't, it's fine. Can you stand to your feet with me for a moment? We're going to pray for just a few minutes. Now I'm going to hand back to Ben before we finish up today. But uh, I'd just love to... I just love to use this moment, which will only be a moment, maybe two, two moments max, to invite a response to what God's saying to you. That maybe you've been looking at what everyone else has and you forgot to see what God put in your hand. I'd love to pray if you're brave enough to kind of respond to God in some way right now, that God would use you as you go into your week to sow what you have. So maybe if you feel comfortable, this is just for privacy, really. If you wanted to just close your eyes just for a few moments. Uh, it doesn't make you more religious or less religious. It's just, just for people to have a moment between them and God. Uh, but if you're here and you, you wanted to respond in some way, God, help me sow something. Why don't you just raise your hand if you're brave enough as an act of faith right now. I'm just going to pray with you right where you stand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Or, God, thank you for these people that are responding to you right now. Lord, I pray as we go into our week, that we would look at what you've given us, that we would take what you've given us, that we would sow into the things that you're asking us to sow into, that we would sow the seeds, that we would be diligent. And Lord, that also that we would reap reap the harvest of what others have sown, Lord. I pray that you would use us, Lord, in your kingdom, to build your kingdom, to advance your kingdom, to reach people that are in darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The last group of people I wanted to pray for is if you don't know Jesus, I can't finish a service without doing this. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day. You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You're not here because you have to be. You're here because God knows you and loves you and has an amazing plan for your life. Amazing plan for your life. And the problem with all of us is that every single one of us have sinned. It means we've fallen short of God's standard, the Bible says. I like to explain it as sin is the things you don't want to tell your new friends about. The things about you you don't want to tell your new friends, that's what sin is. The things you don't want to, you want to impress your new friends, you won't say it, that's probably what sin is. And sin separates us from God. That's what the Bible teaches us. And the Bible says the payment for sin is death, which is heavy duty, right? But the gift of Jesus Christ is eternal life. And that's why Jesus came. He came and lived a perfect life so that he could pay the price for sin once and for all. That on that cross, Jesus Christ paid the sin not just for some, but for all, for all time. And then the story doesn't end with Jesus dying, thank God, right? The story ends with Jesus coming back from the dead three days later, conquering sin and death in the grave and raising to the right hand of the Father and sitting beside God. And the Bible says that anyone who comes to Jesus Christ, that anyone who believes in their, sorry, believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved from their sin And the good news is, is you're not just saved from your sin. God starts to show you his plan and purpose for your life. And you start to walk into the plan that God has for you. It's so exciting. God's plan for your life is so good. God's plan for my life is not what I thought it would be, but it's been the best. And it's still the best because my life's not over. But today, right now, in this moment, you have the opportunity to say, not yes to me, but yes to Jesus. Yes to being forgiven of your sin, 
and yes to discovering God's great plan for your life. Becoming a Christian, there's no exam you must pass or questions that you must answer. You just have to open your heart and invite Jesus in. In this moment, right now, we're going to pray for anyone who wants to do that, wants to invite Jesus into their life, whether for the first time or maybe you just feel like today you want to reconnect with God. Don't feel embarrassed or shame. Just reconnect with God. This is your moment. Maybe if you just want to close your eyes right now just for one more minute. If you're here today, I'm going to pray with you right where you stand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to say your name. I'm not going to point you out. I'm just going to acknowledge your hand and pray with you today. If you're here today and you're like, that's me. Today's my day. I want to know Jesus. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? I'm going to pray with you today. Anyone here? That's okay. I won't be embarrassed if no one puts up their hand. Don't worry. I'm good with it. But this is an opportunity. Anyone? That's okay. Thank you, Jesus, for all your love for each and every one of us. And Lord, I just pray right now that if there's anyone here in their heart, they're opening their heart to you in some way or they're responding to you in some way for the first time, God, I just pray that you would meet them where they're at, that you would speak to their heart, Lord, that you would, you would show them your love and your, your peace and your joy that comes with knowing you. Lord, I pray that anyone who's just making that choice in their own heart right now, Lord, that you would meet them where they're at right now in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for having me here today. Um, that, was, I was, that was really hard without a translator. But uh, I pray that God's word would be bigger than my bad public speaking skills. So I'm going to hand back to Ben right now. I love you so much. I'll see you guys after the service.